It's later than I'd like on a Wednesday, but it's still happening. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, we are going to go straight defense today. Uh, that is in part because we had Don Brown earlier on Wednesday, uh, made that executive decision late. To, I was going to record it in the morning, and I'm like, you know, we got Don Brown. Why would I wait? Especially after what we saw these last couple weeks. And, uh, yeah, it's been, what, uh, we're looking at nine quarters since a, a team has scored a touchdown against uh, Don Brown's defense. I know that, uh, yeah, whatever, Wisconsin had its deal, whatever. Um, but then, uh, on top of that, then you get uh, Rutgers. I mean, what's Rutgers? And then, obviously, Iowa not being able to get into the end zone. That's a huge deal, though. We are going to hear a little bit from Don Brown. Uh, we're going to hear him talk about Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, and uh, then we're also going to hear uh, him talking about defending crossing routes. We'll talk about both of those. But first, I have some things that I was looking at, just kind of looking at the defensive numbers and everything. And I'm actually kind of surprised at where Michigan is. I know eight sacks in a game really helps that type of deal out, right? Because it has been... I mean, Michigan, yeah, getting eight sacks in a game, that type of thing happens, you know? it's uh, They got 14 tackles for loss. They did that against Nebraska. Or sorry, 13 tackles for loss. They got 14 against Nebraska last year. Eight sacks uh, in the game this uh, this past game. They did not get there at all uh, in uh, 2018 or in 2017, I don't believe. Six was the most. They got that against Northwestern. That was the Quiddy Pay, Josh Uche really uh, managing that. Uh, 2017, the best they got was six sacks against Florida. Uh, you have to go back to the Ohio State game in 2016 uh, when they got eight, and that was uh, the Taco Charlton show. But uh, that this is the second best game that they just had against Iowa as far as getting in, or I guess tied for the best game at getting into the backfield in the Don Brown era. Uh, they uh, The last time before that, that they got eight sacks. Uh, I mean, I'm just going back here. I don't see anything. So impressive performance, obviously, against Iowa. Going all the way back to two, uh, 2009, uh, I know 2009 was a terrible team as far as defense was concerned. But, yeah, they weren't uh, they weren't getting to the quarterback the way that Michigan did. I don't know what we'll see going forward if we'll continue to see that type of dominance. But, I mean, it, that was a step in the right direction. That was a huge step in the right direction. And uh, I don't know if you saw it. We posted it on Wolverine's Wire. Uh, Urban Meyer talking about Michigan's defense, and he was just gushing. It was just, and he was doing this in a in a a film breakdown. Like he was looking at specific plays, and he's pointing out what Michigan's doing. And it was really kind of incredible the types of things that uh, he was able to break down and showing how these different plays worked. Lots of praise for guys that don't necessarily get lots of praise in the fan base. Guys like Jordan Glasgow, who of course like Don Brown loves him. We always hear about Jordan Glasgow, and, and but like weirdly the fan base just is not all about him. I I know, he's not the best player out there. Uh Don Brown even uh you know was the, we he got asked about the that goal line situation when he was uh he was lined up on the goal line and all that and he said, "Hey, I've run that play 60 times in the last 4 to 5 years and it's worked 60% of the time." So 60% of the time it works every time is what Don Brown was saying. Anyway, uh yeah. Just um just, I, I think that there's a lot going on right now with this defense. I think there's some people that are underappreciated, but of course, uh, among them, Quiddy Pay and Aiden Hutchinson, who we'll talk more about later, uh, they are not among them. 
just kind of looking back, I mean, Michigan had 34 sacks last year. And it's kind of funny when you look back, they weren't like getting in there like crazy, right? Like y- you see that, you know, Josh Uche led the, led the charge with seven. Uh, obviously had the big game against Northwestern. Like I just mentioned, uh, Chase Winovich had five. You it would expect him to have more when you think about it. Cause it feels like he had more, but he did not. Uh, that seems just kind of bizarre when you think about it that way. But, uh, let's see what did, what did Chase do the year before year before, um, year before he had eight. So a little bit of a decline in production there, eight sacks in 2017, 2018, he has a five, but I'm looking at, at this. So you had, you know, Uche with seven, Winovich, Devin Bush, both with five, Rashawn Gary with three and a half, Michael Dwumfor with three. Uh, obviously he's not on the sheet there yet because he's really only played in what two games now. Uh, Quiddy pay with two last year, Jordan Glasgow with two Cooley cuts him with two. Right now, through five games, they've got 15 sacks. Keep in mind, again, 34 sacks last year, 15 so far in five. And 13 games were played last year, so we're we're around the th- third waypoint, essentially. Not quite. I mean, obviously, five games, third waypoint would mean that they'd play in the Big Ten Championship and uh, two college football playoff games. Don't I don't right now foresee that happening. Hopefully, I'm wrong, but... If I said I saw it happening, a lot of you would be super angry in my mentions, and I'm not trying to have that happen. Uh, but uh, right now they're on pace for 39 sacks, so an increase of five sacks. Uh, again, r- happens when you have an eight-sack game. That's huge. Um, 39 be a good number. They got 42 in 2017, uh, so not quite as prolific as that. But they got 46 in 2016, so again, not that that prolific either. Uh, but, uh, I mean, still, I mean, that would be a step in the right direction and we'll see a little bit more now that Michael Dwumfor is back in the lineup. Uh, he's obviously making a uh, big strides. I feel like Carlo Kemp has played, uh, a couple really amazing games in a row. And, uh, I think he's kind of underappreciated as the nose tackle, but you know, on top of that, Cam McGrone, what has he done? He's only played in what two games really? Like a little bit against Wisconsin, but not really. So really, two games, and uh, right now he's uh, he's got a sack and a half. So like I said, they're they're on pace for thirty nine. Quiddy Pay currently has four and a half. Jordan Glasgow has four, and someone pointed out that that's Jordan Glasgow has more sacks right now than Kenny Willickus, fellow walk on uh, turned scholarship player, the star defensive end for uh, Michigan State. Uh, I check that checked out. So that's kind of funny. Uh, but four sacks for Jordan Glasgow, two this last game, two in the season opener. Uh, you have to imagine he's going to pass with the rest of the games left on the schedule. He's going to pass Winovich and Devin Bush's production last year, which, I mean, I know he's not either of those players, but I think, again, he's better than people give him credit for. Uh, Josh Uche, Aiden Hutchinson both have one and a half. Aiden's Kind of like Rashawn Gary, like he'll, it looks like he'll definitely surpass Rashawn Gary, but at, at the same time, uh, you know, playing that similar role. So he's a little bit more impactful sometimes, kind of creates some situations for Quiddy Pay. But Aiden's also got two fumble, forced fumbles, which, you know, through five games, that's pretty incredible. It's been very timely. Obviously, the one that won the Army game uh, was big, that was recovered by Pay. Uh, salt and Pepper as they call it themselves, according to uh, Aiden Hutchinson, said Quiddy Pay gave them that name. 
and uh, Klee Hudson and Mike Dana have one each. So that's on pace to, to be better than, than last year. Right now they are behind last year with 29 tackles for loss. They're pacing for 75.4. Uh, they had 88 tackles for loss last year. But I think part of that is when you're playing, like you're, you weren't going to get many tackles for loss against Middle Tennessee because they're, you know, run and shoot style offense. And then Army does not allow tackles for loss in general. Uh, but if I look, tackles for loss allowed, they're probably still near the bottom. Yeah, they're eighth in the country. Uh, at tackles for loss allowed. They've allowed 19 total. Uh, that's 3.8 per game. That's not something that they do often. Michigan's actually faring pretty well in that in that category. They are 14th uh, with 21 tackles for loss allowed. But I digress, like I usually do. Uh, still, lots of. I mean that they had. Uh, they're on pace for 74 point. Sorry, 75.4. Chase Winovich had 17, which is almost double the next closest, which was Devin Bush at nine. Right now, Quiddy Pay is trending towards uh, 19 and a half tackles for loss. He has seven and a half at the moment. Aiden Hutchinson has five. He's trending towards 13, so pretty good. Again, Cam McGrone, like I just mentioned, uh, with the with the limited amount of games, he's got one and a half tackles for loss. But you saw what he was able to do. So uh, the one and a half tackles for loss are both of his, you know, or his one and a half sacks really. But you could see him getting up there now that he is getting acclimated. Uh, and Jordan Glasgow has four. And like I just talked about. Jordan Glasgow raved about by Urban Meyer. He was just raving about everybody, right? Like we still haven't even seen some guys that I think could be in on that, right? Um, I mean, some of these guys do have stats in that light, but like guys like Daxton Hill, who is just now starting to get involved. Josh Metellus uh, is getting, uh, obviously he's doing an amazing job, but uh, like Daxton Hill has one and a half tackles for loss already. So like, that's, that's a start, you know, we, you're starting to see, you know, some of the corners get involved. Vincent Gray, Lavert Hill, they each have, uh, you know, one and a half and one respectively. So there is just, to me, a lot to like about where this defense is heading. Don Brown was talking about it today. Like, you know, we got to go up against something that was familiar and that's good. That's, you know, we were undisciplined against Wisconsin and this time we were able to come around and be disciplined. So, and the key credit, he's like, hey, Jonathan Taylor's a different beast. So we'll see what happens. You've got some other guys that, um, I mean, some other teams that Michigan's facing that it's going to be difficult at Penn State at night in two weeks. Well, week and a half now. Uh, hosting Notre Dame the next week. That'll probably be a night game, I'm assuming. Fast forward a few weeks, Michigan State. Fast forward a couple weeks later, Ohio State. Going to be a lot harder to get some of those numbers per se, you know, Penn state's probably going to try to get the ball out, but you know what? The, the thing is, is if you can stay home, you can get some things done, you know, create some pressure. You're going to hear about Don Brown defending crossing routes, the kind of the, what, what the whole idea of what he wanted to do against Iowa. We'll talk about that in a moment in a, in segment number three. So I guess we'll just save that till then when we talk about it, no point in talking about it now. And then, uh, but next let's talk a little bit about uh, salt and pepper. Quiddy Pay, Aiden Hutchinson. I think I have that reversed. Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay. Yeah, I'm assuming that that was uh, that was the point. Uh, so uh, yeah, remember make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Lots of uh, great ones uh, coming up. Obviously, all the games. Tool at Little Caesars on my birthday, one month from today. I mean, you probably want to go to that. 
I say that, although I don't know if I'm going to go to that. My favorite band, I don't even think I'm going to go. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we we heard plenty about me just you know blathering on blah 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 about whatever, um, and not you know some stats and whatever is what it is, um, making myself sad talking about segment one for no reason. Let's hear about so what Don Brown had to say about Salt and Pepper, but that is uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay, and uh, hear what he had to say, and uh, then we will talk about it. Check this out. You've got Aiden and Quiddy, salt and pepper, apparently. Salt and Quiddy. pepper, huh? That's what Quiddy says, according to Aiden. Well? Do you like the way they're shaking things out? Yeah. <laughs> witty, witty today. Oh, yeah. Very witty. So witty. Um, I think, uh, here's my Aiden Hutchinson, okay? Um, I'm looking at this guy. And I'm going, oh, you know, he's going to be a little stiff, and he's going to be this, and he's going to be that. You know, he's just so big, he's going to have, he has, does not have one ounce of stiffness. Uh, he's very flexible, extremely strong, but as an elite athlete, I, I, I can't think of anybody that's his size that I think is more flexible than he is. I, do you know what I mean by, you know, the flexibility thing? You know what I mean? You know, do things with your body. He's unbelievable. Where Quiddy, um, it's come a long way from BC camp when he was a freshman at about 217 pounds. I, I said it uh, just recently I don't know, somebody called me and asked me about it. And we were talking about defending the spread run, you know, the quarterback runs, you know, the pulls, all, all the stuff that, you know, that we see in, 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 in college football. He is the best spread run defender I've ever seen. Now, why do I say that? Because you can't fool him. Uh, zone read, close out the zone, Chase the quarterback from the inside out. Check mark. Uh, bluff. Now that puller comes back, and instead of trying to kick you out, he bypasses you. Brakes go on. Chase the quarterback from the inside out. Check mark. He can do all those things um, like that. Uh, it's uncanny. So, um, you know, we're blessed here with uh, those two guys, and this Michael Dana is a close second. So uh, 
you know, we like the way those guys are playing for sure. All right. So I'm not going to lie, especially for the sake of, you know, I was really skeptical about this defensive line. I, I have completely turned to 180 on that after this last performance. I know you got to string together more than one. They did not have a good game against Iowa. Sorry, not Iowa. They had a great game against Iowa. Not a good game against Wisconsin. But uh, I, I've done a 180. It was my biggest question mark on the team. Obviously, right now, that is the entirety of the offense until it gets sorted out, which, again, I still have faith that it will. Uh, for the sake of you breaking a new scheme getting everyone on the same page in a game. It's a whole deal. But the defensive line is really coming together. Very excited about the prospects of what they've been able to do, and especially, you know, Quiddy and uh, and Aiden. And uh, the Aiden flexibility thing, I think that's interesting because obviously you need that type of flexibility. But, you know, I think actually the – that's probably – that's more important to to Don Brown, defensive coordinator, or – you know, obviously Sean knew the uh, defensive line coach, but like you mix that with the fact that he is a giant and that he's extremely strong. And I, I think that that's, uh, it, you know, you, you can use, utilize all of that to your advantage. Um, it is obviously good that he isn't stiff. And, you know, he obviously he's got the bloodline, son of Chris Hutchinson and uh, former Michigan All-American from 1992, I believe. So... That spells good, but what I really want to go on with right now is Quiddy Pay and what he had to say about Quiddy. Uh, that is high praise. The that fact that he says he is the best spread run defender he's ever seen. Now Don Brown is like like he said later in the interview, which you're obviously not hearing here, but he said later on like I don't like to talk about negative. I like to talk about positive. Now he's talked about negative before, but obviously he tends to be more hyperbolic to some degree. Um, or at least effusive in his praise. Hyperbolic is probably not the right word. Effusive in his praise. But when he says, like, you know, hey, he's the best spread run defender I've ever seen, that's that's pretty high praise. And we'll see how that works down the road. You know, you've got Penn State in two weeks. You know, Maryland, the week, you know, two weeks after that. And then, you know, obviously Ohio State. They're going to need Quiddy to have that type of Taco Charlton-type performance from 2016. Uh, to uh, to really be able to do some things between whether it's tackle the quarterback or you know whoever he pitches the ball to, it, I think that that if if that is Quiddy Pay's hallmark that he can do as he said zone read close out the zone chase the quarterback from inside out or you know with the with the bluff puller comes back instead of trying to kick out he bypasses so his breaks go on chases the quarterback from the inside out. I mean, if he is honestly capable of of actually like if that op, you know that might mean that things are going to start going away from Quiddy if other people are seeing that right if if uh James Franklin is is watching the, the Michigan defensive tape and sees like hey Quiddy pays really good at defending some of these things that we want to do well guess what they might go towards Aiden and guess what Aiden's also big and fast and strong and flexible like doing yoga on the field I don't think that's what he means, but that's what I'm going to say. I, I think that that bodes really well. This is where I start to feel, starting with these two, because that was the big thing. 
And that's, again, Chase and Rashawn, the fact that they couldn't get home against Ohio State, to me, is the biggest thing. It's, yes, Ohio State was throwing all over Michigan, crossing routes, and then they had all the speed outside of that. The biggest reason why they were able to do that is they were not under pressure. Right now. Now, overall, of course, I have more more faith in in Chase Winovich and Rashawn. I just think that last year, both of them were really banged up in that game. And Ohio State also played an amazing game up front. Happened to have the best game of their, of the offensive line had by, by far the best game that it had, had all season. But right now, that's giving me a little bit of faith. And I should not have faith against Ohio State because we've seen what Ohio State is. I think they're the best team in the country right now. I really, really do. But that's why you play the games. No one in Ohio Stadium in 2016 expected Taco Charlton to have the game he had. People were yelling and swearing at JT Barrett in the stands. They could not believe how, you know, whatever. But when you had Jordan Lewis and Channing Stribling locking down receivers, I mean, on top of everything, everything's a coverage sack, essentially. And then you get all that other stuff in there. Uh, being able to get that pressure up front. These two, if they're able to maintain their health going forward, I, I feel a little bit better about their ability to, to get some stops. I, I really do. That makes me curious. What did you know, Michigan State, that was kind of their their calling card. Like I mentioned, Kelly Willekes doesn't have as many sacks even as, uh, as um, Jordan Glasgow. He's got well, actually he's got exactly as many four. They both have four. They have nineteen sacks on the season, so they they're still managing to get into the defensive backfield and whatever. But uh, yeah, nineteen compared to Michigan that Michigan's got fifteen. But against Ohio State, and I'm kind of fumbling around here my apologies three sacks which is pretty solid that just makes me think if Michigan continues to show what it's shown maybe they can get that or more we'll see all right we are going to finish up talking about crossing routes America's favorite topic as in Michigan players or not players Michigan um I'm just discombobulated. Let's just let's just move on. Let's not let's not keep talking. That's just ridiculous that I'm doing that. If your company wants to reach an upscale male audience, then your company's ad should be running right here on this podcast. Get your company connected with this audience. Email me at ihole i h o l e at usatoday.com to get more details about increasing your business. All right, so let's hear what Don Brown had to say about crossing routes, and then we will move on and talk about it. Uh, I, think, I think we've done a pretty good job. I think we've given up about 127 <clears throat> yards a, pa- a game in the past game. Uh, you know, uh, Wisconsin, it was probably the only bright spot we had um, was uh, how we've defended the pass. You know, we've mixed in and we're doing some things. Uh, you know, uh, coverage-wise, 
but at the same time, we're still maintaining our aggressive nature, which, uh, let, I'm gonna say this again so we're all clear. The day somebody tells me that, geez, you know, you gotta tone down that aggressiveness, I'm out, I'm done. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just not gonna do it. Uh, if you find a way, and there's several ways to be aggressive, uh, and uh, challenge offenses and put them on their heels. Uh, you sit back on that guy Saturday, <laughs> he'll carve you up and try to tackle him on the ground if you're not sending bodies at that guy. Just, hey, you go tackle him. It's like, it's like Ben Roethlisberger's brother, you know? So, I'm joking, obviously, but, uh, you know, we, we, I think we do, we've, uh, we've done some good things, you know, package-wise. Um, I really like the way our speed group's playing, and we have two or three of those kinds of groups, and I like the way they're playing. So, you know, we just got to keep improving, but, uh, you know, it's such, you know, the one thing that, that I think has changed over the years is more than ever, it's a week-to-week -week deal. I mean, you see it. How does that team beat that team? How does this team beat that team? Well, it just happens. You don't know who's injured. You don't know who's uh, had a bad week. You, you know, there's just so many scenarios that you have to deal with to get you from one Saturday to the next. Um, you know, and that's, that's, that's what it's all about. Every week's a new week and, you know, try to put yourself in the best position possible. All right, so the first thing is I know there's people that are going to listen to that and they're going to scream more zone, more zone, more zone. And you know what? Michigan's actually run quite a bit of zone. I think the people that usually clamor for more zone defense don't understand that a zone defense is kind of a bend-don't-break defense because you, there's always soft spots in the zone, and you're not going to be able to get as much pressure up front. Uh, Michigan is trying to implement, it seems like, some mixed coverages. They did that in the 2016 game. It seems like what I've seen so far, and I'm, but I'm by means no expert when it comes to that type of thing is being able to tell you exactly what's going on in that light schematically, but uh, especially because the whole point is you disguise it, but Michigan was, has been running a lot more zone this year than ever before under Don Brown quite a bit. And uh, listen, yeah, there's, I think his numbers, like he said, 127 yards a game. I think that's skewed a bit by army who passed for what? 53 yards. Cause they just don't pass the ball. Uh, and then Wisconsin didn't really need to pass the ball. So Jack Cohen only attempted 16 passes, I believe. So I think that's skewed a bit, but I do agree with him when he says like, you know, what, you know, you look at what some of these guys are able to do again, especially Nate Stanley and why you continue to be aggressive. I wish you had the visual. You can see the visual. If you go to Wolverines wire.usa.usatoday.com. Look it for the crossing uh, routes article up at the top, near the top. 
Uh, depending on when you listen to this, it might not even be in the top by the time you listen to it. I don't know. Depends on my mood. And uh, watch the video of Don Brown because when he's making all those kind of writhing noises, it's kind of a wonderful visual. But, uh, I, I mean, that was the big thing. Is he, That's the same deal like what I was getting at earlier. If you can get pressure up front, guys are going to be uneven and not have the chance to settle in, even if it is a really quick throw underneath. Now, yeah, they made some. They were they were putting uh, Tyler Goodson out on the. They're flanking him out on the edge, on the strong off the strong side. And weak side linebacker Jordan Glasgow's job was to cover said uh, said running back. So often they, you know, a couple times they went at him. Some sometimes you know what? Because here's the thing: people like to get all upset when guys complete passes on Michigan sometimes, or like if they're moving the ball. Offenses are going to move the ball like 94 yards against Michigan state, or, you know, it was like less, it was what one ninety something against Penn state last year. That's an anomaly. That's not the norm. It just is teams are going to move the ball. Now you don't want them to move the ball the way Ohio state did, but this is perfect that they're tinkering. They're starting to find some ways. And like, listen, a lot of these plays aren't really hurting Michigan the way that maybe it feels in the moment. I feel like people got spoiled from 2016 Rutgers when they didn't get a first down until the fourth quarter. All the shutouts from the DJ Durkin era before Don Brown even got here. I think I I I think it's on the right track. I think the pass defense looked good, even though it gave up 260 yards. Like Don Brown said, though, that guy will carve you up. They had the right game plan against Nate Stanley, and I thought it showed. Sometimes you're going to surrender yards. It's just going to happen. Really good quarterback, and Nate Stanley is the best quarterback I can remember being at Iowa. Such is the case. All right. That's all I have. I'm taking your questions tomorrow. Questions, uh, if you have podcast questions, hit me up on Twitter. Already called for them. For the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. Find me online at Isaiah Hole on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Follow the podcast at on Wolverines, Wolverines Wire, Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a future sponsor on the show, again, remember, remember I can't talk. Remember, I-H-O-L-E at usatoday.com. You find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcast, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.